0: Do you think you may have a problem with your alcohol consumption or drug use? Are you thinking about quitting and want to know what all the sober hype is about? Are you in recovery and chose to tune in for some inspiration? Whatever the reason, I'm so grateful you are here with me today. My name is Sarah and I am the creator and host of this podcast. I spent most of my life drinking and eventually I realized how alcohol was negatively impacting my life in many ways. One day at the age of 39, I decided I was sick and tired of feeling sick and tired, and I reached out for help. I have been sober since 2012, and it has changed my life in ways I never imagined. I am so happy that I got the chance to live a more comfortable life free of the chains of addiction. Today, my life just keeps getting better. Sober Gratitudes was born out of the desire to recover out loud so that others could see the hope in sobriety. In each episode, I speak with a recovered alcoholic or addict who shares how their life changed for the better after they got sober. I welcome you to subscribe to my podcast to hear these amazing stories of people from all walks of life. They too want to share in this mission to help others and to end stigmas of addiction. I promise you, you will be inspired. Whether you have been here before, or you were a first-time listener, I would be so grateful if you would take a minute to write a five star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to this show so that it can reach more people who may be struggling. You can also reach me at sobergratitudes at gmail.com with any questions or comments. I look forward to hearing from you. Thank you again for dropping in today, and welcome to Sober Gratitudes. Hi, everyone. I am so glad you're here today for another incredible episode with an amazing woman. Whether you are a regular listener or this is your first time here, I'm so grateful you decided to tune in. Before I introduce my guest, I want to take a moment to tell you just how much I appreciate the reviews and the connections I have been receiving lately. I love getting your messages. They are just incredible reinforcement to me that this podcast is helping people and that is why i started it so thank you so much i i really appreciate it and also i want to thank my dear friend author of the sarcastic big book for all your support with my podcast you are an amazing human and i feel so fortunate that we're friends Check out his recovery podcast called Recovery Radio KMP3, or visit his website at sarcasticbigbook.com for more information. So at this time, I'd like to introduce Dominique from the Instagram account at Unique Pivot. She is my guest today on sober gratitudes. In 2010, Dominique needed surgery to address an incredibly painful medical condition. Post-surgery, doctors prescribed her with a combination of medications to help with the pain, and in four years, she found herself addicted, and she was obsessing over pill counting and even stealing pills from her sick relative. The shame of being found out almost cost her her life due to an accidental overdose. Not long after, she decided to reach out for help. Today, her life has taken a complete 180. She has an inspiring Instagram account that shows her enthusiasm for her new life, how she stays positive in sobriety, and her healthy self-care choices. Also, just this month, her personal story was featured in Recovery Today magazine. So now it is my pleasure to introduce to you Dominique. Welcome. Thank you so much for being on my podcast.
1: Thank you, Sarah. Thank you so much for having me. And I'm, I'm so looking forward to, to giving hope to others and sharing my story. So thank you for allowing me to be on your show.
0: Oh, it's really such an honor for me. And I know it's a an emotional experience for you. You have such a tender heart and I know your story um, a little bit, but we're going to hear more today. And I know it's going to help so many people. You're my first guest who um, is, has had the experience with um, drugs, not alcohol. So I'm I'm interested in having you on for so many reasons, obviously, to hear your story and what you're doing today, but also to educate us on um, opioids and what it's like to be addicted to them and um, how you were able to get sober from them. So can you share with us what it was like and um, when you realized you were at a point of addiction? Yes, absolutely.
1: Um, just to answer that first question, what it was like, it was living hell, living hell. I was a prisoner in my own skin. Um, in, in 2010, I woke up in the middle of the night with debilitating um, stomach pain and the ambulance was called out. I was taken into the hospital. Long story short, I was, at, I was diagnosed with endometriosis, which is a very painful uh, disease that many women live with. Um, it, was, it was a nightmare. So of course, the, the doctor's first response to that was just to treat the pain rather than the, the disease, and they just started feeding me pain pills. But eventually, it got to the point where I went to I went to work one day. I could barely walk. My coworker drove me to the hospital. I had emergency surgery. Um, two days later, they tried to get the blockage out. My intestines got blocked up with the it's like a, a like a cell growth that wrapped around my intestines. So they ended up taking 16 inches of my intestines. It was open surgery, had staples at my stomach. Um, I was out of work for four months. Shortly after that, I ended up having a hysterectomy because the endometriosis was so bad. The doctors don't even know how I had kids. That's how bad it was. So I was on pain pills for about a year um, prior to having the surgeries and I was not educated on pain pills also. Um, I didn't even know that, that I was suffering withdrawal symptoms the first time that I, I felt the withdrawal symptoms. Um, my twin sister, I was out in Las Vegas with her. She's a fitness competitor and I started feeling sick and she knew I had ran, ran out of my pills because I was already referring to them as my happy pills because of the way they made me feel. And I called her that night and you know told her I'm out of my happy pills. I don't have any more and she didn't confront me that night but the next day when I started feeling sick she pulled me aside and let me know that they were in fact withdraw symptoms it was I started feeling like a flu-like symptoms so as soon as I got back from that trip I called my doctor and and got a refill because I didn't want to feel sick I had no idea what that was going to turn into Um, around that same time period my grandfather who raised me I, I called him dad um, he got diagnosed with cancer and he had bottles and bottles of oxycodone and fentanyl. So when the doctor no longer prescribed me refills after many, many refills, I, I said, you know, I'm just going to go take a few of his pills and, and get through some, a few days. And I'm strong. I am very strong willed. I am a determined person. I thought I can do this. So that one trip turned into like four years of going and stealing pills from my grandfather. Wow, uh, so four Four wow. years. Wow. And, and I knew early on, I, I started confiding into my mom and my husband and, and telling them, you know, I'm taking more pills than I should be. And, and their response was, you know, it's prescribed by your doctor. It's okay. You have a condition. Just it, it's not, you know, it's okay. You know, you're, you're okay. We just weren't educated. And I would look at that little pill and it, it had total control of my life. That's all I could think about. I can't tell you how many mornings I woke up and I would be just counting pills. How am I going to get through my day? Um, on mornings that I was short on pills, I don't know how I got up and even got ready for work. It, it's the irrit- I start with cold sweats, irritability, just in, as, the, as the hours progress, the pain gets worse and worse and worse. I mean, it's, it's, it's horrendous and I can remember one time I was so desperate. Um, my grandparents, I knew they weren't home and my husband had a saw saw in his garage and i went to Sorry. my grandpa's house and at that time they had already had the pills in the safe cuz they knew that i was stealing and i actually like took a saw and had opened the the, the uh, safe because i was so desperate and and then you know Obviously, my mind was just all I, all I cared about was the pills. I tried to super glue the, it sounds funny now, I tried to super glue the metal door of the safe back onto the safe. I put it on upside down. So, of course, they found out. But at that moment, I was so desperate. Like, I didn't want, I didn't want to hurt anybody, but I was just so desperate to function. And I was just so ashamed to get help. So, um, in 2014, I actually um, overdosed on fentanyl. I, I woke up that morning, it was a work day. I didn't have any pills, so I went to my grandparents' house. My husband didn't know. He thought I went to work, and I I made up some lie that my work was closed because the water break or whatever, and I found a way to get into a safe, and at that time, I didn't realize fentanyl is 100 times stronger than morphine and heroin. I didn't know that.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: I had been abusing oxycodone, and (laughs) I remember taking a fentanyl patch and, and actually taking it putting it in my mouth, and it's a patch that should be put on your skin and release the medicine over like a 72-period time. It's very, very strong. Wow. Then I just remember waking up with paramedics all around me on the floor. Um, and um, the ride right, the right in the ambulance, the paramedic was so mean to me, she like, grabbed my wrist to see if I had track marks, like heroin track marks. And I've never shot up heroin. Thank God it never got to that. But she actually just kind of, she showed no sympathy for me. And I, I just broke down crying and said, I don't want to do this anymore. And she grabbed my wrist and kind of just looked at my arm, just kind of pulled my arm and kind of like tossed it like I was yeah, a piece of trash. And she's like, well, you just need to stop. And it's not that easy. It's not. If it was, I wouldn't have, it wouldn't have taken me this long to get here. Um, but I'm so proud to say that my addiction has actually saved my life. It's. recovery I'm so grateful to my recovery it really forced me to dig really really deep to treat the root cause of my addiction rather than the symptom which was taking the pills Um, I I did get off the pills a couple times on my own I went through 17 days but again I I relapsed because I never treated I never got the mental support it was I didn't understand that at that time so here I am you know (laughs) 10 years later, and I'm, I'm just so happy to, it's still surreal to me that I'm here with you today. And today being Halloween, I could say this is the first Halloween in many years that I no longer wear a mask. So oh. to, I'm taking off my mask this Halloween and that feels freaking amazing. <laughs> so thank you so much for allowing me to share my story and to give others hope.
0: Wow. That. <clears throat> Thank you so much. I, I really admire your vulnerability, your transparency, and I you really I just feel like I was brought on that that journey and that feeling of being in an ambulance of somebody who just does not understand, especially a healthcare worker. Um, and you know that's a whole other subject to, to talk that we could talk about. Just and I've talked about it with other guests as well as how healthcare workers. Don't necessarily understand addiction, um, and that's a big thing that needs to be changed. But for you and your and your unique story um, to come out and to share um, as honestly as you have, and I know it's been something that you know has has tapped into your vulnerability, and I, I think that's how we can touch other people and to show that we care when we're, when we're recovered from our addiction. So I really, I can't tell you how much I appreciate, um, you're being so honest today and, you know, just, just to help me and some listeners who may not understand, um, the medication, like I, I've never taken, well, I have, but I'm allergic to like morphine. I took once when I was, when I had some, a a, a surgery that was necessary and they didn't ask if they didn't know I we didn't know that I was allergic to morphine and and they gave it to me through the IV and I just vomited like I was just so ill from it but I really don't know what like if you can just tell like the the pills that you were taking so that and then if you can also talk about that patch, the fentanyl patch, because when we talked before the interview, you, you sh- shared with me about how, just how dangerous that is. And <clears throat> so in a way, I want what you're going to tell us right now to be kind of a warning um, for anyone who's listening so that they can understand just how dangerous it is to take fentanyl. fentanyl. The patch itself. So, if you can share that with with us and the listener to educate, that would be wonderful.
1: Absolutely. Um, fentanyl is a synthetic opioid. Um, there's opiates and opioids. Opiates come from the natural poppy seed plant, which is the, your morphine, codeine, and then opioids are a synthetic, man-made, and that's your oxycodone, fentanyl, hydrocodone. But fentanyl is a hundred times stronger than heroin. I mean, I didn't know that. It's so dangerous and there have been counterfeit pills now coming across the border that are being sold as oxycodone and they're actually laced with fentanyl. So people are overdosing left and right. Um, 70% of drug overdoses right now are because of opioids and mostly due to fentanyl. Um, it's, it's cheaper than heroin. It's easier to cross, you know, across the border. So it's just a very, very, very dangerous drug. I, I mean, I almost lost my life to it. Um, and and you're right, like how you mentioned, mo- my husband would probably die if he took a fraction of what I was taking. Um, according to my doctor, there's a small percentage of us because of our opiate receptors that we actually get a rush of energy with opioids. Most people wanna just fall asleep and, and pass out. It's a downer. But in my lucky case, I was a, one of the lucky ones, <laughs> not so lucky, um, when, I, when I took that first pill, Oh my God. It was the best feeling I felt at peace. I felt energized. I, I felt like superwoman. That's the best way I can describe it. Wow. So it is a, it, it's, it's a predisposed, um, very predisposed depending on your brain. I suffered with anxiety. So those pills just gave me a peace that I have never felt before. And that's why I love them so much. It was my happy pill.
0: Okay. Okay. Now that makes sense to me now because <clears throat> Um, I was also given oxy something oxy when I had some um, surgery in my inner ear and I was given this huge dose and I actually was like almost like comatose from it so i I realize I'm fortunately like i I have a disease of alcoholism so I have that allergy to alcohol but with these synthetic pain medications, I literally I'm allergic to them. And I have the opposite effect that you have, where like, I would just like that, that, that one time, when I was given that medication, um, fortunately, I was in the presence with my mother. And she was like, Oh, my gosh, she had to call the doctor because I was like, I, I was like, and it felt like I was going into a coma. Um, it was so strong. It was very scary. But if you, you said you had that response, like it perked you up. Right. And so, okay. And so then your addiction, do you, was the addiction as a result of just wanting that upper all the time or just that because of the withdrawals that you were having or both?
1: At the beginning, it was more of the, of the peace, like the, the, feel, the feeling of the peace. It gave me more peace than, it gave me energy, but just a peace. No worry, all the sound, you know, all the buzzing in my head. I constantly live my life just worry, worry, worry. I I mean, my anxiety was out the roof, so I took it more for to be at peace. But then towards the end, when I really wanted to get off it, I wanted off those pills so bad. I I literally would look at that. I mean, they're tiny, like the tip of your pinky Mm. and say, I would talk to it. How do you have total control of my life? It controlled my whole entire life. It was, I just couldn't believe it. And towards the end, it was just to avoid the withdrawal symptoms. I didn't want to get help. I couldn't take time off work. I didn't want my family to know because as a facing addiction, you know, I I was very manipulative. I lied. I lost trust. And I just didn't want to admit to them that I was still using. So towards the end, it was to beat off the withdrawal symptoms.
0: Okay. And so once you um, were off of the the medication and you were drug-free, um, did you, like, cause I know for me, I went into rec- a recovery program to help with, you know, um, you know, everything underneath, you know, like the, like uh, peel the layers of the onion, you know, to find what the root cause of my alcoholism. Did you have to do something of the same, like of, of the sort for um, your addiction?
1: Yes, I did. I I tried getting off on my own. Like I mentioned, it did not work. So I finally actually went to a clinic and got medically assisted treatment. They have several types of medication that will help you. It'll take the withdrawal symptoms away. Um, And there's different medications. Um, My, my, my message is I never compare your recovery with someone else's. So everyone's recovery is different. I chose the medically assisted treatment therapy um, it took me a few years to, to get off that medication, but it saved my life because my, my tolerance was so high. I, I probably had a $1,500 habit a week. I, I mean, I, I was up to oh, many milligrams. It was, I'm surprised I'm still here. I, I, I was playing with fire. Um, and there's just a, such a stigma attached to the clinics, to the different programs that are out there for opiate addiction. And the clinic that I chose to go to, I I stood out like a sore thumb. I had no idea what I was walking into. I was just so desperate. I called the first place that popped up and I looked very different from others that were in there, but we were all the same. We were all battling. We were all the same inside. And I met so many great people that it was meant for me to be at that such intensive type of clinic because I gave people hope like, wow, if someone that I'd go before work every morning to get my medicine in my business suit, you know, and people would be like, wow, if it could happen to you, like, I was meant to be there. It was so many great things have happened through this. It's, I never thought I would look back and like, think, like be thankful because it was hell. (laughs) It was hell. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, my family has been wonderful. My husband, so supportive. Um, My kids. Um, They didn't know what I was going through, so I was there, but I wasn't present. Mm -hmm. I missed sporting events and other special events because I didn't have pills, so I'd have to say I was sick. But when I finally told my daughter, she was so like, Mom, I wish I would have known. I I was such a, a jerk to you those years, and I had no idea what you were going through. And to now hear my kids tell me that they're proud of me. And I just, you know, I'm gonna be a grandma. My 22 year old daughter's pregnant and I could not imagine not being here for her. And I thank the Lord every day that he helped me find my voice and helped me find my strength. And I know that my, my, my pain is not for nothing because I know I'm gonna help people. I, I know I already have. Mm-hmm. And I will continue to use my voice. I will continue to use my story. As hard as it was to come out and share my story, it was harder to stay silent. It was hard. I couldn't it was eating me up like God was like telling me there's people out there that need you. There's people out there that need you. And to stay quiet, I'm just supporting the stigma attached to this. Yeah. Um, I had a family member that didn't want me around her or her daughters when she found out I was addicted. And that broke my heart. But now I thank her for that because she helped me find even more strength and I, I, I've i forgiven her for myself, but for her not to want me around her daughters, I—you have no idea how that I felt in that moment. To, I, for people just to not understand and just to judge you by a disease that you're fighting—it's a disease. And my mission is to change the, the stigma related to this. So I'm so grateful, Sarah, for when I came across your podcast, and I'm just so grateful for what you're doing and. To be a woman, to be a mom, to be a recovering addict, I—the community that I have found out there is just—I'm not alone, and we're not alone. And it's, oh my gosh, it's, I'm, I've met so many wonderful people because of what I've gone through, and it's just beautiful.
0: I agree. I, I love. What you shared. I mean, it, it's it's true it's when, <laughs> excuse me, when we're in that active state um, of addiction where we feel like we can't get out of it, it's it's such an extraordinarily painful, emotionally painful experience because I know for me, and I think, and I'm identifying with you, we were addicted to two different things, but the, the shame that I could not control myself and I felt like I was a failure and that really impacted um my relationships and how i interacted with people um, because of my shame and and it is kind of confusing i think for people now who know that i am a recovered alcoholic and now i'm using my story just like you are um, on platforms that are reaching people like podcasts and instagram and facebook and twitter I mean, especially now during COVID, everyone is using these platforms to find help, to get inspiration. And now that we're out, now that we can be free of that, you know, that jail cell of shame and get out of it and, and help to educate other people in knowing that it's, you know, it. do not be afraid, do not be ashamed. It's not your fault. Um, Reach out your hand. We will grab your hand and help you that in those are the people um, that I think like you, Dominique, who you I look at your Instagram page and everyone really needs to go visit it is it, at it's on Instagram called unique pivot, which is I want you to, to, to explain that name in a moment. But when you go through it every day, you're posting the most inspiring posts showing how you're, you've changed um, behaviors, you've changed um, how you go about treating yourself, you know, your, your self-care choices that I talked about before. They're so healthy. And you talk about how music and exercise have been such a wonderful replacement. Um, in coping with, um, you know, and just living life on a daily basis and giving you that natural high and that natural joy of living. And, um, and you're really out there, like working so hard to, um, to inspire people. I feel it. I get so inspired when I, was, when I was going through this past week, I was just like overdosing on your, oh. <laughs> your account and just, just get getting all teary to just seeing what you're doing for people. Um, so anyway, p- um, Unique Pivot, Tell describe why you um, chose that handle for yourself.
1: Yeah, so I'm a finance manager. That's my professional uh, side of me. I, I'm a, I work on pivot tables. Um, it's an Excel spreadsheet that you can take thousands and thousands of rows of data, and you can display it into a table, and you can filter on the overdue stuff. You can filter on the recent stuff. You can filter that data any way you want to. I mean, you can make that data look really, really good, or you can make it look really, really bad. It depends on how you're going to display it and how you're going to view it. So when I was thinking about how I wanted to get my message out, I'm like, oh my God, pivot. Like it's been in front of me the whole time. All this information is there, but it's how I chose to view it, how I chose to display it. And pivot stands, each letter stands for something. Um, P is prayer. That was my first step, surrendering to God, like my almighty God, thank you, Jesus. You know, he, he saved my life, never left my side. I made a many empty promises, told him my promise, I won't do it again. And no matter how many times I messed up, he was always there for me. Um, the I stands for information. I started educating myself on opioids and opiates and how it affected my brain. V is for voices, voices of myself, voices of my loved ones, voices from my Holy Spirit. O is for owning it. I have to own it. I, I can't blame other people for my addiction. I had to own it. And then it's two T's, which is for truth and trust. I, I have to be truthful with myself, and I want to gain trust back from all of my loved ones. And the reason for unique is never compare your recovery with anybody. There's no right, wrong way. You take that step to get better, whatever feeds your soul and and it's unique we're all unique and it's possible and i'm just so excited for it to help people so oh, thank you
0: <laughs> oh it really is that's wonderful i love that and uh do you have that um on your instagram account like not yet have- i'm actually getting ready to launch a website it should be ready
1: in the next week or so i am going to be offering programs offering coaching uh working with women different you know it depends on what step of recovery you're at there's so many phases of recovery Um, You have to go from dysfunctional to functional and then functional to optimal. And that's the rewarding part of recovery, you know, going from that dysfunctional to optimal. It's, I still can't believe I'm here with you today sharing my story. It's, I'm overjoyed. I wish they could see my face. I'm overjoyed. So it up from the inside out.
0: <laughs> well, as a witness, we're on Zoom right now and I can see your face and it's glowing. You do glow and you don't look like you're old enough to be a grandmother, by the way. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but that, so that's very exciting. You have a website about to come out and can I, um, can we share the name of it?
1: Oh, absolutely. Yes. It's going to be uniquepivot.com with two T's. So I'm hoping to have it launched in the next week or so. I'm trying to work out some final tweaks, um, but I'm so excited. I'm so, so excited.
0: Oh, that's wonderful. So you'll have, um, it sounds like you're going to have programs to help women um, who are addicted or who are, re- what, what's the, I guess, the, the requirement or like what, what place do they need to be in to take um, your opportunities?
1: So, I'm gonna have three different programs. Um, one, one opportunity I'm giving them is when I was in denial and I didn't even want my husband to know. I'm gonna actually have a tool where they can contact me anonymously through a chat. So, you know, people may not even want me to know that they're struggling. I, I get it when you're in that first, you know, getting ready to take your first step and you're just so ashamed, you don't want anybody to know. So, I wanna give them a very safe place where they can reach out and actually ask me questions through a chat box where it'll be anonymous. Um, and then I will have another, give them another opportunity where I will sit and have an intensive one-on-one phone call and they can ask me anything. I will give my time to them. And then I'm also in the process still of developing my pivot program, the six steps that I took to um, overcome my addiction and to get from dysfunctional to optimal. So that's still in the works, but I'm so excited to, sounds- to give hope to others.
0: That's amazing. I'm so excited to see it and to, you know, obviously stay in touch and hear and watch you grow and see how things um, evolve for you in your recovery. Um, So what has, what would you say has been the most significant change in your life since you are now free of addiction and in recovery? Just waking up every
1: single morning and feeling optimistic, knowing that I don't have the shackles of addiction weighing me down, you know, to wake up now and, and feel, I thank God, just for, for breathing, where before I'd have to take a pill or two pills or maybe even three before I even got out of bed. I'd set my alarm for a half hour before my alarm went off because I couldn't even, I mean, the withdrawals are so horrendous. People just, if you've never gone through it, I, I can't explain it. It's, it's horrendous. So to wake up every day and just to feel free and to look at myself in the mirror and to love myself. Um, I've become my own best friend through this. Um, There were times where I wouldn't even want to look in the mirror because I hated myself. And to now look in the mirror and to be so proud of who I am is the best thing that's come out of this.
0: That's beautiful. And and everyone listening to the tears, it's, the tears I know for for myself, and I can identify so much is that when we 're trapped in this addiction, <clears throat> there 's such shame and disappointment, and like I know for myself, I was very disappointed with myself and angry at myself, but then when we 're free of it, when we finally surrender and we reach out for help, and we let people help us, and we do whatever it takes without shame it 's so hard to do. It's so hard to do that, to admit defeat, to admit that we can't control something and to then be in the place that we are right now in recovery. There's such gratitude, hence sober gratitudes, but you know, that, that the strength that it takes to get to where we are is, is so enormous that that, that's why for me, I can't, I can't say I did it all myself because I felt like I, I wasn't strong enough on my own to do it. That's why I have, I have a higher power that I know who has held me through all of this and has been wait, had waited for me <laughs> essentially to turn towards my higher power and say, you know, I can't do this alone. I need your help. I help a, the other people. And I know, you know, God works through other people as well. and, And so to get to that other side, you know, and then see that we are, yes, we're surrendering, we're surrendering, but we, we are some of the the strongest people on this planet. And my last guest, he shared that. Um, And, and I think that's something that, you know, we both, that we should be proud of.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: You know, that, that we are, um. We are survivors of addiction, and um, and we don't wallow in self pity all the time about what it was like. We actually we want to move forward, and and do do good things because we're so grateful. And that's what you're doing. And you're such a trailblazer. And and I just I'm so grateful that 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 you're you're on your first podcast. And I know there'll be more. <laughs> I know people will be you know knocking at your Instagram account door (laughs) to yes you're a, a beautiful beautiful person and I'm just so honored to know you and to be learning from you about this kind of addiction because you know for me I it's it's something that I have never experienced so um so I really I I can't thank you enough I you know when you know as we're ending the time here um which has been lovely. Uh, is there anything that, any message you would want to give to any listeners out there who might be struggling with this addiction, um, that share in this addiction that you had, um, who, who feels afraid, who feels they're stuck, um, any words that, that might give them some hope?
1: Absolutely. I, I know how scary it is and, and I just tell you lean into it you can't do this alone, whether it be God, the universe, whatever your beliefs are in, lean into it. And relapsing, do not beat yourself up because relapsing is part of recovery. You, you take every relapse, you grow from it, you get stronger from it, you identify the triggers and, and you, you give yourself grace. You don't have to jump right back up. You give yourself grace, you give yourself the love that you deserve and you start again. Don't give up, you keep fighting the fight. I'm living proof. I almost died. I, I was minutes away from past, from dying from this, and I'm here to tell you that recovery is possible, and and I believe in you. And I'm, please reach out to me, and if I can help you in any way, that's what my message is about. It's a message
0: of hope. Thank you. That's so beautiful. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you. I really appreciate you, um, your time today on um, being on the podcast, and, um, I know you're going to continue to help so many people. You already have. So everyone, please visit Dominique's website, or well, yeah, soon to be website. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Unique. <I know>. <laughs> it's <laughs> Unique Pivot. You'll, Dominique and Unique Pivot as synonymous. It'll become, um, so an Instagram, you can find her at, at Unique Pivot and the website is UniquePivot.com. Yes.
1: Yes. It still sounds crazy to me. I can't believe it's just amazing. God is so good. Thank you. God is so good.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm so grateful that, that you're here, that your life has been saved and, and you're doing beautiful things with it. Um, and, um, and that's what it's about. That's what recovery is about. So
1: thank you so much, Sarah. This has been, uh, thank you so much for allowing me to share my story and thank you again for what you do. I, I, I love listening to your podcast and I feel like I know you already. I've been hearing your sweet voice for many weeks now. So thank you so much.
0: Oh, thank you. Well, you have a wonderful day and um, take care. Thank you. You too. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, that's a wrap on this episode. Thank you to my guest and all of you for listening. I hope what you heard inspires you to look for and recognize the gifts of sobriety. Sober Gratitudes, a podcast dedicated to delivering messages of hope through true stories of recovery. A sober life is possible if you truly want it.